The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Romacraft Cigars. Since 2010, Skip Martin and Mike Rosales have been making Romacraft Cigars together in Nicaragua. Romacraft Cigars combine quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you Intemperance, Cro-Magnon, and Neanderthal. Where taste tosterone meets Manbacco, these cigars feature complexity, spice, and flavor that match Skip and Mike's grit and determination to produce a superior product. Romacraft Cigars, tobacco, talent, time, Romacraft. It's the after show. The, it's after, the after, show. after show. The after show. We got a little music anyway. Uh, brought to you by Roma Craft Cigars, Skip Martin, Mike, Mike Rosales, and um, Intemperance, and what do they have? Neanderthal, Pro Magnon, Magnon Aquitaine. Yeah, they got lots of stuff. They got German cigars. The yeah, they got the Cameroon Baca coming out of coming the Coming out, so. coming out. Okay. So it is the after show, and uh, we had Terrence Riley on our regular show. And uh, this is the after show, so we brought him back in because the hour went by, flew by. Flew by. And one of the things we wanted to do was actually taste just tobacco, not necessarily the cigars, which is, is this something you do around? Yeah. So this has been a big part of, uh, of, our, of our efforts is to get people to actually try the tobacco. Again, we're, we're branding based on the quality of the product and the best way to do that rather than go around and tell people, oh, we're the best at this or that is let people actually experience the tobacco for themselves and make a choice on their own. And the only way to do that is for them to try the tobacco. So our signature flavor kind of comes from two different regions and two different seeds, uh, Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 and Jalapa and Esteli. And so we're going to taste two different components and basically all our blends to some degree have these components in them. And it's great because for uh, our retail partners, for consumers, it gives them a little bit of a of a window into the blending process. And for you, it allows you, depending on which one they liked better, it kind of... Make a recommendation of what they'll like. Based yeah. on what, what where the blend is and which one has more of that in it. Yes, because everything... So some are going to be more dominated by the Corojo or some are more dominated by the Criollo. And based on their preference, we'll say, okay, well, you'll probably enjoy the Lunatic Maduro or you'll enjoy the, the Aganor Salif Connecticut or whatever it is. So it's, uh, it's good for us. It's good for the consumer. It's good for the retailer. So do they get a little freaked out? They look at these pretty ugly cigars because they're just a rolled up tobacco leaf and they're not meant to be delicious. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they're, they're intriguing. You know, it's, we get a couple different reactions. Some people kind of look at it and it's, you know, uh, they're kind of like, what the heck is this? And then other people, you know, really, really, in fact, almost always somebody wants to buy these. Like they'll, they'll, wow. they'll, they'll go, wow, do you sell these? It's like, no, this is just a rolled up leaf of tobacco. You can't buy this. But uh, either in both cases, it, you know, they see how if the people that, that they they see it as kind of linear by themselves. When they taste it together, they they really get an appreciation for how when you combine tobaccos, it produces a, a more complexity and nuance. And for the people that like them by themselves, they're already sold. So it's yeah. uh, it's good no matter what. Is this only when you're around when they see... I mean, it started that way just because, okay. you know, kind of show everyone how to do it. And now we've been doing, uh, our reps do it and they've all gone through the process a bunch of times. And so, so they, they have some stuff. Yeah. So them. yeah, what we really want them to do is, is one, go around when they meet with our retail partners, yeah. be like, listen, try this, try this. Okay. What do you think would be well? It's just easier to do it that way and with the staff. And then uh, they can do impromptu events. There can be a few, you know, uh, customers in the store and say, hey, would you like to experiment with, uh, you know, some d- different tobaccos? And, and all across the country. All across the country. So if you see, and 
Aganorsa, huh? Aganorsa um, <laughs> experience. Still experience. way off, by the way. But Is that's it? all right. Aganorsa. 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 <laughs> yeah. Aganorsa. Event. It doesn't bother me. It's, don't listen to them. I'm okay. fine. I'm, you know. Just think of Pop. Aganorsa. Aganorsa. When you see the, that they're having the experience, this is the experience. Exactly, right? yes. So, so uh, this is an audio version of it. So we're going to explain to people um, exactly what they the process of what, what to do. So they, they should look at it and go through it because I've been watching you for two days doing it. I think people take to it unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something different. I think what, yeah. what's happening a lot of times with events and things like that is that the person walks in, they just got off work, and you know, somebody's like, "Hey, buy some cigars," and it's like, "Ah, okay, give me a second. I just, you know, I just met you, you know." Whereas instead, it's saying, "Hey, would you like to, you know, have, try this tobacco?" You're welcoming them into the experience, of exactly. Smoking your cigar. And this is yeah. a One very short, short thing. It's not like it's going to take up a half hour of your time. It's five yeah. minutes. Yeah, it's very, it's basically again, it's like we all listen to music. I don't know how to play the piano, but if someone shows me a few keys on the piano, I say, "Okay, that's A sharp," and it's basically just giving them a, a little opening into the blending process. And and again, we don't t get too deep into flavors. So it's like this is sweeter. This is going to give you a little salt note and. And they get the almost everybody gets those notes, and so it's kind of like an, an eye opener for them. Yeah. They say, "Okay, I got that," and now it's it just gives them more appreciation. And then, so we're gonna smoke one of them, then we're gonna smoke the other one, then yes. we're gonna smoke them both together, and then we smoke the regular cigar, and we should be tasting that. Yeah, you should be you should be able to pick up the, the, what those components contribute to the blend because they're in every one of your cigars. in some in some capacity. They're in some proportion. They're in everything. Okay, all right. So what's the first one here? So this is Corojo ninety nine. Pass this down from Jalapa, and this is a viso leaf, so it's the middle part of the plant. Sorry, we missed one. And uh, and with this, Corojo 99 is the same seed that they grow in Pinar del Rio in uh, in Cuba, and it's uh, for us we grow it in Jalapa. This is more again. I hate this term because everybody uses it. It's more Cubanesque. It's going to be uh, sweeter. You're going to get a little bit of spice up front, and then and then on uh, on the sides of the mouth, you should you should uh, salivate. Each one of you here in our studio audience, by the way, after this is over, if you want to do it, they have them downstairs, and it just takes five minutes to do it. It's pretty interesting. Definitely feel it on the side of my tongue. Yeah. Without a doubt. Definitely waking it up, salivating like you said. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it's what's nice about this is that it's, it's very straightforward. It's not, you know, sometimes uh, we're not the only people that do these types of things. There's tasting experiences, and some of them go very in-depth, uh, and I think as, as you learn more and you involved more, you can appreciate that more. But I think a lot of times for the average person, it just becomes too complicated. You start saying Viso and Piloto and, and, and Honduras and Nicaragua. And then the, by the end of it, they're kind of like, well, wait, what, which was that one? And what was it? And where this is, is very straightforward. Two, two uh, components, two regions, two seeds. And it's, and it's very straightforward. So th this is Criollo 99. That, that's Corojo 99. This is Corojo 99. Now that is the name of the seed. That is not the year of the tobacco. Correct. So it's a see that they developed that year and they said okay this is what we're going to call it and then every year you grow it yeah what uh, what happened is in the 70s cuba to cuban tobacco was hit by blue mold and it almost wiped out cuban tobacco and so what they had to do is start growing different variants that were resistant to blue mold and other diseases and there's a whole bunch. There's the two we're going to be smoking, Corojo 99, Corojo 98, but there's Habano 2000, Habano 2006, and so on. And so I think there's now a Corojo 2013. There's a whole bunch out there that that uh, that exists. So these are two of those variants, uh, and Corojo 99 is, is where they grow, uh, and Pinar del Rio is, is the seed that they're still growing. So this is what I see them doing when they're looking at tobacco. They're rolling up a, just a leaf to see the burn of it, what the taste is happening when they're deciding, are they going to buy them from you, right? 
Yeah, and of, of course for us too, for keeping blends consistent and things like, okay, what's you know what this lot from this field in this region? What what is it contributing? Is this the same as it was last year? Is it going to be uh, you know, available to be used for this blend that we're using currently, or are we going to have to wait another year? We're going to have to use another lot or whatever it is. So these guys are constantly going through uh, the pylones and then bales and doing this kind of thing. Because the consistency is the is the key thing. I mean, you, you can get a monkey to eventually put two tobaccos together that will taste good. Now, Being able to do that year over year is really the right. challenge. Dave, Jonathan, you've both been to factories as I have been, and I'm pretty sure you guys have done this the little purito yeah. process in the past. It's not as coarse. It's not as rough. It's very finished. It, it's like you it's could taste tobacco. tobacco. You could taste the a lot quality of, times of it's the tobacco. A lot of times it's raw tobacco from the barn at that point yeah that's gonna be rough yeah that's rough <laughs> yeah it's not as fun when i when i take this little cheroot and take a pull on it and then i've got the guardian of the farm rambo going off to the side here i can pull out the notes of this in that yeah right away it almost becomes all i can taste the guardian of the farm is a great example of the two actually so when you taste the second one you'll you'll pick it up as well it's got a good balance of the two tobaccos and and they're for me they're both they both come out really well after you do the the, the fumas when you smoke the with the actual cigar. It, it, it's they're both pronounced. I'm ready for fuma number two. Fuma number two. And I'm I'm smoking the agrino Ag. Ag, agrinosa. <laughs> it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying too hard. Um, the the Connecticut, and I taste it too. I taste this ingredient in there. Yeah, it's sweetness. Now, this being thicker tobacco, is this make it a higher or lower priming? No, this is still a viso. They just rolled it. We roll them up a little differently, just okay. so it's easy to tell them apart. Okay. So this is a this is a viso, but it, instead of uh, being, it's a Criollo '98 seed, and it's grown in Esteli. And this is more what you think of of Nicaraguan tobacco. It's spicier. It's earthier. You'll get a little bit of salt on the roof of the palate. And it's much, it's much more aggressive. Wow! It changed the way the guardian of the farm tastes Wait, well, dramatically. When, when you go, yeah, when you go from that now, now that's becoming dominant, and right. so then you go back to taste this, and yeah. then you see this, it. This is strong tobacco. Uh, yeah. on, on this one, you can definitely get it on the tip of your tongue as you little. It's salty. Yeah, it's very salty. So here's the weird thing that people, you know, talk about. Um, Oh, I like Nicaraguan tobacco. Well, what Nicaraguan tobacco? Because oh my God, what a different yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like well, I always say. It's like when somebody says the wine's from California. Well, is it from Napa or is it from San Diego? I mean, it's probably very different taste. Very now. different. So you, you have to kind of really know. And again, this is why this is beneficial. Where if a, if you have a customer that comes in and says I like Nicaraguan tobacco, well, that's more of a challenge. And oh, I, I really love Corojo ninety nine. You know, from Alapa that Aganorsa uses. So okay, that, now that's a lot easier to figure out. So this is what. Nicaraguan cigars taste like to me. Exactly. This is more your your stereotypical is not the right word, but it's it's more quintessential Nicaragua yes. flavor. So, do you sell more of this than you sell of the Corojo? That people are using more of this. That's why I taste this. Well, it dominates the flavor no matter what. It's going to be dominant over the other one. We, we sell a lot of so for both the visos are are always in demand. They really like uh, our visos for both. Very aromatic, right? Yeah, uh, you know the the, the we we don't even use a lot of lejero, quite frankly. We don't need to. Uh, our our visos have enough flavor, yeah, absolutely, um, and intensity, but they're still nuanced. And, if, and the burn quality is fantastic because it's a viso. Exactly. Yeah. So so we don't even use a lot of lejero. Um, so it's most sought after from us is really 
is our VSOs. And that's why we use this as well, is this is, this is really the backbone of, of what we do. VSO, middle of the plant. Lajero is at the top. So everybody looking for strength says, okay, let me get to the top of the plant and do Lajero. The problem with Lajero is it doesn't burn very well. So you can put a little Lajero in if you're looking for strength, where you get a, a strong VSO, which is what I have here, I think. Yeah. And so the, the final part, which is kind of brings it together, you take them both together, and it looks a little bit like Cheech and Chong, but you puff them at the same time, and you see how it kind of rounds out, becomes more complex, yeah. and it becomes more flavorful, more like a cigar. And, and very similar to the Guardian. Yeah. Very similar. The Guardian's the best, I think. When we do this, we, we point to the Guardian the most, because you can really get them both very distinctly in the Guardian. The Connecticut, actually, as well, uh, I think it's a little more subtle. You get the, a little bit of the salt from the... Uh, the Criollo in, in the Agonorsa, Connecticut, and, you, and the sweetness is there. But on the Guardian, they're both, to me, very pronounced. Mm. So you said based upon which one a person likes better, yeah. you could recommend a cigar. Yeah, and I usually know what they like, like, they like just from that. You know what I mean? So on me, I like the first one that we smoked more. I like that you, salivating so, quality. I'm surprised. That I would think you would like the second one. He likes things that I like the first one wet. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pervert. <laughs> so, so based on based on liking the first one, he's a pervert if he says something and, and right, it goes the other way. It's around. okay. Yeah, if he yeah, says yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah. Or Terrence. That is comedy. He's so cultured. <laughs> yes. College educated, and he has to come in and deal with these dimwits. <laughs> so, based on liking the first one, which in your portfolio would be best suited for me? So again, we use Corojo a lot for wrapper. So the stuff I, I think Guardian is actually a great example because even though the, the Criollo is there to some degree in everything, so nothing is put your Corojo, but you definitely get a lot of the flavor from the Corojo in the Guardian. So that's that's a great example. Um, definitely our uh, our uh, Aganorsa leaf uh, Corojo. That's a great example of one. Um, the uh, sig the signature the rapper's corojo signature is a good balance of both to be honest with you you get both uh, it's it's it, they're the medio tempo we use in that okay. kind of is it, that's a that kind of and the medio tempo is the leaf right right above the lajera yeah so so medio tempo grow on every plant yeah it kind of became famous from uh, the bahike started uh, uses medio tempo and so that kind of became w well known it's 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 technically i guess it's a lajero but it's the very top leaves they're a little bit smaller and they're thicker it's almost like alligator skin yeah they usually point up yep some people refer to them as the corona leaf yeah, yeah. and so uh, and, and not every plant produces it and there's not a lot so out of 14,000 bales we produce 50 to 80 are medio tempo so that gives you an idea of that wow. it's not that much yeah. and we use a, a very little of it because you use too much it's like tabasco sauce it just blows out yeah. the blend but uh, and it's it's very temperamental too it can it can throw off the blend very easily if you if you use uh, you know even a small amount more than you need to right and you mentioned that this is the signature selection that uses the medio tempo exactly yeah which is available at twoguysscigars.com if your local brick and mortar doesn't have it by all means, support your brick and mortar if they do, but if they don't, you can get it at two guys. So that only comes in once in a while. Yeah, yeah it, it really is in uh, allotments. The next allotment will be uh, in April, uh, so you know, very soon. And yeah. then, uh, Good, because we're almost out. <laughs> yeah, it's just in time. Again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> See? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Which very, one do you like better? It's very interesting because it does change the way you look at I honestly, the completed product. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because then you start picking out the individual. It's like, oh, okay, I, I get that now. You know? it's a, they're both a little bit too much of a good thing, if that makes sense. No, it's yes. a, yeah, absolutely. So it, I couldn't say to you, oh, I like this one better than that one. Not both, to smoke. But no, they, 
It becomes an ingredient. Now. But when I mixed them together, that's when it really, it really popped. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the idea. Again, it's like sugar tastes like sugar, egg tastes like egg, but a cake is a cake. And people like eating cake, they don't like eating eggs and sugar. But the, the only when you taste speak, it, speak for, for yourself. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, rye egg and raw sugar generally, you know, it, I guess everyone's different. But uh, generally speaking, you know, people prefer the cake. Over How's that the, history degree working out for you? No, no, I, I not, did, not at all. I did drink a raw egg on the show just for for the record. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Did you enjoy it? I was indifferent. I didn't hate it. Okay. Well, the point is, is that you probably would like the nice piece of cake more than that egg. Oh, of course. Yeah, there we go. That guy loves cake. <laughs> uh, somewhere here. I kept being told about all these, you know, powerful questions, and I was going to be grilled. And, you know, I, I did. I did. Uh, I don't know where they <laughs> went. I had some oddball questions for you. As Dave goes through his notes to find the odd one. I questions. know. I don't know what happened. Well, I, I've got a question he might be able to help with. Yeah, go ahead. Well, well, I, if I'm really pressed for time, right? Yeah. And I, I can only pick one. Am I going Iliad or Odyssey? Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. Why? Right answer. I think it's a, it's a more uh, entertaining story. There's more, you know, the Iliad kind of, it's the same kind of loop over and over again. Is it more entertaining than this right now? Yeah. <laughs> it could be. It, de it, de it depends on, you know, yeah. <laughs> depends on what you mean by that. <laughs> now, in, the, in these ancient classics, were you mostly focused on Western or there was also some Eastern? Mostly mostly, uh, mostly Roman, really, but also Greek. Yeah. I, I, I took Greek. My Greek wasn't as good as Latin. My Greek was kind of weak. All right, here's a question. In the Greek house, the men's room was known as the Andron, A-N-D-R-O-N. What's the ladies' room called? <laughs> is this modern Greek? <laughs> I don't know. It's either I'll give you a, a multiple choice. <laughs> I'll give you a multiple choice. The antrum, A T R I U M, the gynecon atrium. Help me out here. <laughs> the gynecon. It's, G Y N. It's two. Yeah. It is yeah. two. It is yeah. two. You got that right. Yeah. Boom. Well, gyneco gynecologist yeah. starts the same way. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's, that's why. So see what we just learned today. Yeah. We got something. Women and men live separately in ancient Greece. The woman occupying upstairs room. Oh, no, that's the same thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> who is the very first Roman emperor? Well, Augustus, I guess, would be the technical. Okay. Augustus is right. I only got one more question here. <laughs> okay. You're two for two. In the Odyssey, how do Odysseus, Odysseus. and his men escape from... Pauline. The Cyclops, Polynesius. Yes. They, uh, they blind him. <laughs> they blind him. They blind him. Yeah. All right. You know your shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even read it, and you know the answer to it, so you know it. Again, what do you do with that information, though? Well, I, I come on shows and uh, get the right answers. <laughs> the after show, you get the right answer. Yeah, otherwise it would have been very embarrassing. Wow. Are those easy questions or tough questions? They seem They're pretty, pretty easy. easy. Yeah? yeah? Okay. How much involvement do you have with the blending of new projects? At, at what point do you come well, in? Again, to go back to blending, like I, I do not blend cigars. I do not sit there no, and No, I say, understand so, yeah, you're not okay. picking the leaves, yeah. but at the point that they are down, narrowing it down and saying, okay, marketability-wise, yeah. which of these blends, at what point, is that the point that you jump yeah, in? Yeah, exactly. So it, I, just to use a stupid example, like if you call something the Simtex or the explosive, you know, it can't be a mild cigar. You know, right. it doesn't make any sense. So it, whatever the blend is, it has to fit 
the intention of the project. And that's where I would play a role. That makes sense. Do you start the project before the blending process happens or do, does the blending process happen and then you come up with the marketing campaign? Mostly the, 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 the former of the two. It, usually you want to know where you're going. It's easier to know where you're going than just say, okay, let's figure out where, you know, let's try to find something that's, I mean, you have to have the right, it's more, it's, you, you have to have the right blend for the right project. And it's easier to, if you know what you, if you know you want to build a house, it's easier to build the house and be like, well, you know, we have all this wood and things. Let's what, let's see what we can put together with it. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, you can't do it that way. Sure. It just seems better to know where you want to end than. I've always looked at blending more like uh, the master blender is, is the chef. And so, you know, I make lunch for the guys every day here. And some days we have a pie because I had a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And this is the project that I put together for today. So I've always imagined that you end up with extra tobacco from this plant that's a viso that you didn't use because the other project uses the Lajero. And so you end up with excess and couldn't that come together and become a project? Well, I mean, you always look at what you, I mean, if you don't have a lot of something, it makes it hard to use it. So right. you, 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 that's always a part of the, the process. It's like, what can we use to produce? It's always, you know, I think you know, retailers sometimes joke, it's like internet cigars. It's a cigar nobody can get, but you see it, you know, a picture of it online. And that's, and that's the only thing, you know, anyone ever has it. I think that's frustrating. They want to sell cigars and you can't sell things that you don't have. So right. you want to have something that you can put out there, generally speaking, um, especially for kind of your bread and butter brands that, you, you know, you want them to be consistently available. So, so that comes into play. Um, and then you look and say, okay, this is the project. This is the tobaccos we have. What can we come up with that, that using these tobaccos that fits the project? Are there any passion projects for the guys in the factory where there's tobaccos that they talk about that they haven't used or utilized that they want to utilize? I, I think that they tend to, you know, they look at things more of like how, how is, you know, I don't think they look at it that much. I think that they, you know, they smoke it and is it supposed to be the way it is? And they're, they're kind of looking more almost for a consistency of things than they are looking for some special type of tobacco that will be magical or something. You know, they, what they really want to Bruce is a lot of usable leaf that tastes consistent. And that's really what they're, in my experience, what they're always looking for because that's really the hardest thing. So that, that's what they, that's what they focus on in terms of, you know, some small lot of tobacco that they, I think that they're less interested in that because it's not as useful to them. And yeah. the, my final question in this vein, what, what was the, the mindset in creating a Maduro in a shade environment? How did that come about? Oh, I think because we're, we say we're vertically integrated, but we do use wrappers from, uh, you know, our Connecticut uses Ecuador and Connecticut and our Maduros use San Andres, which are great as we, as we know from uh, our wonderful award. Um, but having something that we could use, for ourselves that we control the process of it's always nice to be able to control the process because right. otherwise you're dependent on somebody else and 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 you don't have you know you just kind of pray and say hopefully this works out um especially as you're growing more and you're making more cigars and scale becomes harder it's easy to make a dinner for five people it's a lot harder to make it for 50 and so having something that we can use that we have the control over, I think, was one aspect that's important. And two, it's something that's different. You know? So if you're growing shade-grown Maduro, you're growing shade-grown Connecticut also, I would imagine. Dun-dun-dun. I, I think that the, if, if they have experimental crops where they're okay. doing things, but they don't have anything in, like, full... Full production. Full production. Like, but we, there's other seeds that they'll experiment on just to see... Because you never know. There's something that could hit, you know, Cotajo 99, and then it's like, well... 
what do we do now? Yeah. So they have lots of tobacco uh, where they're growing and see how it'll do. So there's Connecticut in there. There's there's all sorts of other different seeds that they use, but there's nothing that's being fully grown right yeah, now. Yeah, but the idea, I think, is to vertically integrate. You don't have to buy product from other people if you can make it yourself. Yeah. And make it some sort of strain. Maybe it's better. Maybe it's not as good. But you're going to know by testing and testing. And yeah, and hopefully you find something that's good, and that you know now you can you control the process. So yeah, that's kind of the key. And th- this decision is made years in advance. If you're using shade grown Maduro today, you didn't start this. No, yesterday. no, no, no. It's, yeah. uh, that that's that was something that they've been developing down there. Again, they always have stuff going, but they, until it gets to a point where it becomes viable, they don't really, you know. Well, yeah, why would it. you, as the sales guy, need to know about something that yeah. may or may not and, happen? And to, be, years and, to, and to be honest with you, it's it's bad because what happens is even if it is viable, let's say it's going to be around in a year. We, that's why we just started talking. You know, you guys broke the scoop on the shade grown yeah. Maduro. Thank you. Uh, is is that you start talking to a retailer about it, and then he's like, "Well, I want that," and it's like, "Well, it's six months from now, you can't sell him that," you know. And then he's not really as interested in what's available right in front sure. of him. So you don't want to kind of talk about those things until you're at a point where it's it's viable to sell, and uh, and that's you know generally the approach I think. Yeah, and then get a jump on your competitors because there's going to be copycats. People are going to try to do it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you don't know how far along anybody else yeah. is, and then they start doing the same thing, and so yeah. it's better to kind of within a when you're close to release, give out new information. Well, Terrence so, Riley. It's been the best day of my life. It is, yeah. yeah. All, of our all lives. All, all, all our lives. Thank you so much. Thank no, you my pleasure. Thank you, guys. On. Congratulations. Uh, nine years. Nine years. And thanks for Roma Craft for, uh, for doing this for us on uh, the after show. And we'll see you next week. And on the Cigar Authority, we have... Um, I cut you out there, Barry. What do the we have? RepX. RepX, representative uh, of cigars that's going to... Uh, Tell some tales. What companies did you say you worked for? I didn't mention oh, it. okay. And I won't mention it. <laughs> right, You'll catch that. And uh, I don't know because this all happened while I was on vacation. <laughs> Saturday on the Cigar Authority. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.